Welcome to Beyond the Resumes, a career and professional development platform designed for you, the modern global professional. My name is Jerry Wan, and I invite you to join me every day as we learn from leaders from various industries representing the entire world. They'll share with us both their worst and best advice and a book that inspires them daily. Be sure to join our newsletter at beyondtheresumes.com, follow us on social media at Beyond the Resumes, and share this with a friend, classmate, or colleague. Thank you so much for tuning in, and here now is today's guest. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of Beyond the Resumes. Wherever you are, whenever you may be listening to this, I wish you are staying healthy and safe and happy in your pursuit of whatever makes you happy, whether it is in your career or in life. So excited to share space today and to share with you the lessons from my very good friend, Neil Savadas, who is an amazing human being, first of all, a kind and generous and empathetic human being, but a absolute rock star on LinkedIn. He is one of the most popular and trusted voices of the students on LinkedIn, a very good friend of mine, also from USC. And so it is my distinct honor and pleasure to welcome Neil to the show. Hey, Neil. Hey, thanks for having me. And thanks for the kind words. Always, man. It's exciting. I think, you know, for somebody, I'm, I'm 37. If, if our listeners don't know yet, I share that very openly. I didn't grow up with LinkedIn. I grew. I didn't grow up with a professional network. And so networking for me, content sharing, and just putting myself out there when I was in school uh, 15, 20 years ago is a different game than what you guys are going through now. And it's so exciting to see what is often perceived as a, a dry, old re- resume platform for old professionals be reimagined by young folks and really leverage it. And, and the market and the opportunity is so great still for people who want to jump in and to create content and to build relationships. Um, you and I know people personally who've built amazing, thriving, successful businesses purely on LinkedIn, whether it is providing LinkedIn help or getting leads from there. So super excited to hear your lessons and the things that you've learned. Um, but before we get started, Neil, tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So right now I'm a senior at USC. Um, or Zoom University, since we're online. Uh, and I am originally from Seattle. Um, at USC, my major is bus- the business of cinematic arts. So it's kind of this weird integration between business and film schools. Um, and I've kind of taken that passion to the field of marketing. That's really kind of my bread and butter and professional kind of passion. Um, I've been to a marketing agency um, at a movie portal company in marketing. And recently, this past summer, I interned at Amazon Web Services as a product marketing manager intern, and that's where I'll be returning full-time um, as a product marketing manager. And uh, something also really unique about me, uh, Jerry kind of mentioned the LinkedIn presence. I am kind of one of the few students right now, I feel like, on LinkedIn who posts like regular content. And I really kind of just post stuff about student experiences, um, as well as Gen Z marketing. I'm part of Gen Z and something I'm really passionate about is that intersection of Gen Z and marketing, because I feel like a lot of brands just don't quite get my generation. So one thing I've done is build a newsletter um, about Gen Z and social media that now has about uh, 6,000 subscribers on it, which is really, really cool to see. And it's something I'm super, super passionate about and I want to continue doing throughout my career as well. That's awesome, man. And, and I, I don't want to focus on what's on the resume. Obviously, our show here is called Beyond the Resume, but I want to brag about you and your resume for a little bit. It's still a very early part of your career. You've worked for NBC Universal, you've worked for VaynerMedia, um, you've worked now for Amazon. So, 
and, and so those three things, why it's so important for me is that you've taken the opportunities in college to learn from three different, very distinct business opportunities and from different types of organizations that are traditional, that are very forward thinking and nimble, and now a company that is really changing the way we do everything. And so throughout those experiences, I'm sure people have given you a lot of advice. You know, you come from a family of academics, you come from a lot of, of good influences, but let's put that on the shelf just for a little bit and share with us the worst career or life advice you've ever received and why you don't believe that to be true. Yeah, absolutely. I think the worst piece of advice I ever received wasn't necessarily the fact, wasn't actual the advice itself, but also it was more so like the context that I received it in. And it was that you should network to get a job as as a college student um and but but kind of the way it was presented was this idea that you should like network uh talk to someone once and then ask them for a referral um to get a job that that was kind of the advice that i received from some uh like career advisors slash professionals um but the problem was like was really about like the context right so networking is a huge factor especially even later in career in terms of finding jobs and moving between jobs um, but really what networking is all about is these long-term relationships. It's not about hopping on a call with someone once, um, asking them for a referral and then getting a job. And my first, when I first kind of approached the job search, that was kind of my understanding of it. And so I quickly realized right away through embarrassing interactions, as well as, uh, just the, the reality that, you know, someone you just met is probably not going to want to vouch for you right away, um, to give you a job or an internship, um, that, that's that's a very generous thing to do for a stranger um, right away. It's really what you have to do with networking is you have to you know, develop relationships over time. Um, you don't have to be best friends with someone. Weak ties are possible, but it's about developing that relationship um, over time before kind of asking for the referral and stuff. Um, and I think a lot of the original advice I got was just about, you know, like doing it one time and then ghosting someone after. And I made that mistake first because of that advice. And I wish someone would have ex explained the entire networking kind of ecosystem before I went into that. You bring up a good point. I'm seeing, at least from where I sit, a lot of, I guess it's a LinkedIn version of, you know, hustle porn or these life hacks that people like to share, you know, pretend to be interested in things that they're interested in or, you know, figure out how to get in their inbox or, you know, and, and it seems like these very, you know, Machiavellian and justifies the means sort of like as long as you get the job, then everything is fine without necessarily thinking about the long term impacts of one. Is that actually the company that you want to be in? Do you care to vet them to make sure that it's a culture fit for you? And and two, you know, is, is that really the character with which we want to carry yourself? Because life, as we all know, is a long term marathon and these relationships are going to have to withstand the test of time. And I do want to brag about you again, just for a little bit and, and share with the audience how we met. I looked it up earlier. Uh, on June 9th, 2019, you, Neil, sent me a cold LinkedIn message and you basically said, hey, I've been following you for a while. Uh, you know, would love to connect and then learn a little bit. And we actually didn't get to meet in person, but we shared a really amazing phone call, I think the following week. And, and here we are. And, and we've worked on some cool stuff together. We've learned from each other. And so it works, people, but you just have to do it with authenticity and not, you know, hey, Jerry works at this company that I want an introduction to. Because people's reputations matter, and they're not going to do that for you, right? And yeah, uh, that, the, that, that, the, that's a that, that's a huge thing about you know you're uh, asking someone you know for a big, um, I guess, reputation boost or a big uh, advocacy for someone that they barely even know or they right. just met, um, and that just doesn't make any sense. You know, you and I have gotten to know each other over the past year, so I 
have no, you know, problem, you know, asking you for help because, you know, you've helped me, I've helped you um, in so many different ways um, that we can't even count. So um, networking, you know, is about really just the long term rather than the short term. And I think a lot of students, especially, we don't, we aren't educated on that at first. We're just told networking helps you get a job. And we're like, oh, okay, yeah, let, let me get, let me go contact someone on LinkedIn, which as you pointed out, was not something that you had really an opportunity to do when you first came out of college. Um, and it's just, it's really service level advice that is very misleading at the end of the day. Sure. I a hundred percent agree. And networking for people who look like me and you looks a little bit different than people who don't Net- networking is a very contextually relevant experience. So I, I think you just have to ask the people who would be most willing to help you, um, uh, people whose experiences and backgrounds you might share with, so you can connect with them on that level, you know? So I, I think that's, you know, just blanket network and, you know, uh, cold DM 20 people and play the numbers game. It might work for some. It probably works less for people like me and you. But regardless of the context, it's just not the wrong, it's not the, it's just not the right long term play, I think. Excellent. So let, let's focus on the good stuff. Best advice you've ever gotten and tell us a story around that. Yeah, absolutely. So the best I ever, advice I ever gotten was from um, when I'm kind of an, like an older student um, when I was a freshman at USC. Um, his name's Austin Browning, now works at Apple, but he kind of talked about when I was a freshman, the importance of quantity over quality when applying to jobs. I think a lot of us get into this idea of this dream job or putting all our marbles in one basket mm-hmm. um, for you know a company or role that uh, we think is perfect for us. But at the end of the day, there's kind of two really important factors to consider. Number one, a lot of it is really out of your control. You know, you're, you're putting all your marbles in one basket for something that you don't even control. And two, you may not even like it at the end of the day. You know, it can be the perfect, most perfect job description ever, but you may not actually even like the role in the first place. And so he kind of advised, you know, like, obviously you might have roles that you think you prefer more than others, but at the end of the day, don't just apply to, you know, five internships with, you know, the most tailored resume ever and kind of pick all your marbles in one basket. Instead, you should just apply, you know, 50, 60 internships nowadays. Um, there's so many factors that go into it that it's really not worth your time to kind of give, give so much effort to companies when they're going to maximum give, um, in the interview process, you know, maybe, 10 seconds for your resume and then maybe a couple hours for interviews. Um, And so it really is a numbers game at the end of the day. Um, You know, obviously apply to as many roles that make sense for you. Don't just randomly apply to a ton of different roles, but really focus on, I say quantity over quality. um, So you're not putting all your marbles into one basket, into one interview, into one application. Um, And, and then, kind of use those opportunities to explore, you know, what you're truly interested in, especially as a student, you know, as a student, right. you know, you, you don't really know what you want um, until you experiment and, and you, how you grow a career first. Right. Um, so um, definitely quantity over quality is the biggest. Yeah, and, you know, advice. I'll just add, you know, I, I think there's this uh, infatuation over dream companies that not just young people, but a lot of people just put these logos on a pedestal without really understanding what it is to like, what it is like to work at those places, what the culture is like and what the people are like. But, you know, I, I liken it to food, right? Like, you can't really comment on food or what your favorite food is until you've tried it. And the only way to really know what you like is to try a bunch of new foods, right? So, and then so that, I, I, you're absolutely right. So, Neil, Neil share, you've, you've been through a lot of different experiences. You now uh, engage with a lot of your fellow uh, Gen Z uh, 
uh, peers, uh, both professionally through the consulting work that you do and through the newsletter that you write and through your activity on LinkedIn. What is the best advice that you, Neil Savadas, want to leave for your peers and the generation that's coming behind you? Yeah, I think it's not even like a generational thing. I think it's just a reality piece of advice. I think a lot of times when you go to colleges, even like now USC that are very, very competitive, um, especially say like the business school and stuff, it feels like, you know, you have to hit all these these milestones at a certain amount of time, whether, you know, it's like getting this, the dream summer internship, getting a job, at, you know, a big four after college, um, or just like you have this kind of chartered path on life. And I think like what people have to realize is we're still like 20, 21 years old. Like we have our whole life ahead of us, right? Like I think people, like we get caught, so caught up in stress about things when in reality, um, we can fail, you know, all the way until we're 30 or 40 and we still have plenty of years, you know, left probably, um, to make it, make an impact or, or do something that we enjoy. Um, so I think the biggest thing is just have patience, like, you know, like think of it like in the long run, not in the short run. Um, like obviously like, even like when you get a bad grade on a test, you know, it can feel like that in the world, but you people still, you're, you're allowed to experience that. But I would say like think in the long term, you know, maybe if, if, if you're not going to care about this in a year's time, then, you know, take, take a, take a break. Um, don't, don't worry. Don't stress so much about it. I think it's like my biggest advice, just be patient, like patience. It, things will work out. If you're listening to us, there's a million percent chance that you have way more time to craft your own story and to dictate your own future than you think you do. I'm 37 and I'm excited for the next 70, not 70, maybe, maybe 70. F it. We'll say 70. The next 70 years, um, as as long as we we stay healthy. What is the most impactful book that you've read and why is it so important to you? Yeah. So my favorite book of all time has to be Shoe Dog. Um, by Phil Knight. It's a kind of like an autobiography about um, Phil's journey founding Nike um, and how he kind of built it up. And the reason why it's my favorite book of all time is because I relate on a personal level to Phil and his story. He described himself and it was also, it's an important lesson for everyone. He, he really talked about how the reason why Nike was so successful was not because Phil was the most charismatic or creative person in the world. Um, he didn't, he wasn't some kind of creative genius. He was an accountant. Um, and really what it took was persistence. And he, he dealt through so many issues. You know, you, you now look at Nike on the same level as, as Adidas or even Puma. Uh, well, I guess Puma was even lower, but back then like Adidas and Puma ran the world and Nike was just, he was selling shoes out of the back of his, um, pickup truck. So he just talks a lot about how it's just all about persistence at the end of the day. You can be the most creative, charismatic, um, charming leader of all time and still fail if you don't have persistence. And I think that just makes me feel so good because I, I, I myself is I'm someone who I think is not the most creative or most charismatic person in the world, but I know I can work hard. Um, and I think his story, especially as someone, a similar kind of experience from the Pacific Northwest and, um, grew up around sports, um, really connected with this story. And I think that just really inspires me every day and keeps me going. That is awesome, man. Well, Neil, it's been a pleasure. Always love talking with you. And I'm really, really glad and excited that we've got to share you and your story uh, with our audience here. And so if you want to connect with Neil, uh, best place to find him is on LinkedIn. Search Neil Savadis. Uh, we will have the link for you in the show notes or wherever you are listening to this. And 
as well, sign up for his newsletter. He has a Find Gen series, Find Gen Z series. A lot of insight, a lot of great things. And, you know, and if, even if you're not Gen Z, if you want to market to Gen Z and if you want to know more about the generation that's going to change everything about the world, um, follow him and engage with him. Really are. Um, yeah. And, and so, yeah, I mean, heck to start, um, we're recording this a week out from election day. So I hope Gen Z changes the election too. But a lot of things to come. Uh, really excited for you. Uh, congratulations on all that you've done. I'm excited for your future ahead and looking forward to talk to you soon. Thanks for having me, Jerry.